Welcome to our second to last lesson in the Galatians uh, commentary series. If you've been with us for this whole series, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. If you're just joining in, welcome. Or if you're somewhere in, in, the, in the middle, again, take your time. These lessons are on, on the website and on YouTube channel, and so you don't have to rush through them. I do hope this is helpful to you in helping you draw closer to God. So let's start with Galatians chapter 6 in verse 7. The Bible reads, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In part two of the practice of Christian living, we're going to talk about this concept of you reap what you sow. About a month or so ago, we moved to a new place. And in, in our new place, we have a small little uh, garden area that we could grow something in. Now, my son, my five-year-old son, at his school, they do a bit of gardening. And so he has been planting carrots. And so he comes home very excited. He says, hey, we should plant some carrots in our little, you know, small little garden. And so we, uh, you know, asked him how to do it. And he has some pretty good instructions. He, he, you know, he learned how to do it. So he was excited to tell us. We're not gardeners, my wife and I, we don't do gardening. Um, so anyway, so we listened to him, dug up the soil and put a little carrot seed, add some water to it. Now, here's my point. Even though I don't know much about gardening, even I know that I'm not expecting to see carrots immediately after I plant the seed in the soil, okay? And so there's a principle here that we reap what we sow over time. So let's unpack this verse by verse. In verse seven, we read that do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now this at surface level might appear to be some sort of a, a generic principle. But let's keep this in context to the letter. As we've been talking throughout the letter about Jesus' death and resurrection, unleashing new creation and launching new exodus so that now we no longer need to be in Egypt. But now we're not in promised land yet. And yet new creation has broken into the old creation. And so we are traveling, okay? And we are now not just one ethnic group, but we are now one family of all nations traveling. And so when in verse eight, Paul writes, whoever sows to please their flesh, he's speaking to the lifestyle of being enslaved in Egypt. So again, this is not some generic principle this is very much about what Jesus has done in and through his death and resurrection that is launched new creation, new exodus. Now we, as his redeemed people, are, are called not to go back to the lifestyle of Egypt, the flesh. Now, here's another interesting aspect. The, the, the Greek word for, for flesh that Paul uses is sarx, which to him is the corruptible part of a human being. Now, anytime he wants to speak of the incorruptible uh, body, he would use the Greek word soma, which is a very interesting um, distinction that he does make. So those who are redeemed people of God are called to live out 
the lifestyle of redeemed people of God, which is really sowing to please the Spirit. It's the lifestyle of the redeemed people of God. And so again, it's so important to read these verses in context to the whole letter, or else it may seem like some generic principle of, uh, of, of not sowing in the flesh and reaping in the spirit, and it can get a bit confusing. But when we keep in mind, again, the focal point is what Jesus has done, then we're able to then live out new creation reality in the midst of the old. We're sowing in the new creation. We're sowing in the spirit-led lifestyle of redeemed people of God. We're not sowing in the lifestyle of Egypt. In verse 9, Paul continues, says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Again, here's that phrase, proper time. Now, if you're anything like me, my proper time is instantaneous. Now, it's a, it's a surprise. Now, it surprises me that when I planted those carrot seeds in the, in the soil, uh, I didn't expect instant carrots, uh, because that's the kind of personality I have. I want everything now. Uh, funny enough, you know, I took my son to get McDonald's. We were in the drive-thru and um, we placed the order and then we get to the window to collect our food and we find that they have some problem uh, and so they can't give us the food right away. They asked us to park our car and wait for a few minutes. Now my son got really impatient. He's like, I can't wait. I want my food now. And I'm trying to encourage him. I'm trying to make, you know, help him to be patient and teach him some lessons and say, hey, this is a good opportunity to build character, whatever. But the truth is, I myself was feeling impatient. I'm like, man, this is fast food. Why is it not here yet? I'm trying to put on a brave face for my son, right? So he doesn't see that. I'm also <laughs> wondering why the food's taking so long. And it didn't take long. It took two minutes more than otherwise, right? And so, again, my point is that we want to see growth instantaneous, right? That's the kind of generation we are in. It's this instant information, instant gratification, instant everything, but again, the reality is we don't reap immediately after we sow. And so we want to continually not become weary in practicing new creation lifestyle in the old, in the old creation, in the midst of the old, which is swimming upstream. But we don't give up. And at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now check out what Hebrews 12 says, Hebrews 12, verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Part of our living out as God's redeemed people of God is we will get discipline. But again, and the discipline doesn't seem pleasant, but painful. And I think we can all say amen to that. But it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The practice of Christian living is a trained lifestyle. It's not accidental lifestyle. It is exceptionally intentional lifestyle. If you've been a Christian and you, you really are, are sowing in the spirit, you are really practicing new creation in the midst of the old, and you are swimming upstream, but you're like, man, I don't know if I'm growing. Well, again, it's not instantaneous. And this is where we have to trust the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we don't look to ourselves to measure our growth. We look to him and we submit to him and we walk with him in the Holy Spirit. And this is such a relational journey along with walking with 
his people and been participants, active participants of his mission to help other people connect with Jesus. Check out what 2 Timothy um, chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, the practice of Christian living requires us to use the Bible and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. There's that word training again. So we can live out new creation in the midst of the old. In Galatians 6, verse 10, to close out, the Bible reads, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Our faith is a relational faith. Our connection with God produces a connection with God's family and God's mission. So it's a relational faith that we live out. Let me just close out on this very obvious point that needs to be said. The practice of Christian living is a marathon and not a sprint. Let me just repeat that and we'll close on this point. The practice of Christian living is a marathon and not a sprint. And I really do hope that we can walk this journey together with God, living out new creation in the midst of the old, all for his glory. Well, next week, we're going to close out in Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 to 18. Till then, have a great week and God bless you.